2: There is a showdown in the NPP this Saturday, and tonight on PM Express, we're going to help you understand where the key battlegrounds are, where the key battleground constituencies are, and why they are battleground constituencies. This is your election headquarters, always brought to you by Petrosol. This is PM Express. Welcome. We're going to be having some new faces to talk to, and very interesting new faces, some of them you've heard on television, but also across, really, uh, all facets of life they have decided that they are going to pitch their camp in the MPP but in parliament in 2025 and some of them are coming up against some heavyweights incumbent MPs some of them ministers and they want to unseat them they want to do giant killing giant killing on Saturday some of them will join us for a conversation tonight but what I want to start first uh, is to help you appreciate The contest, the key areas where we are focusing and you should be focusing the areas that are generating all the interest. So we understand what is at stake as we get into Saturday, where the incumbent new patriotic party will be electing its parliamentary uh, uh, aspirants, getting them into a candidate mode for the 2024 elections. And why is that important? If they get this wrong and the fracture after that is not healed. The party for the next few months going into the elections will be crippled in parliament because the incumbents will fall and there will be casualties it turns out that in cases such as that they tend to withdraw they tend not to give the party all and government business sometimes is frustrated let's go to one constituency that we are watching tonight for you and this began to unfold today and this i'm talking about the a crap himself contest and as you know, you have Obi Amwar there. And Obi Amwar, as you know, is the minister of state responsible for the local government, the local government minister, minister of state there. And he, also the incumbent member of parliament for this particular constituency, today said he's withdrawing from the race. So he has withdrawn from the race. And that's why we put an X sign there. The incumbent only wait three days to go before the polls pulling out. But there is a more fascinating story behind this decision to pull out. And this gentleman here, we struggled to get his picture. We don't want to get it wrong. So you have an image there of his likeness, if you may. But Eric Yeboapidou is his special aide. Both of them picked the forms together. And many were wondering their constituency, in the Krapim South constituency, why in God's name is incumbent member of parliament, the minister of state, Picking up nominations with his special aid. It was a tactic, apparently. Because there was a gentleman there uh, who was the municipal chief executive, Mr. Frank Adu, who also wanted to contest. He played his hand, was campaigning already. But the party's rules are very clear on the matter. That if you are incumbent district chief executive, municipal chief executive, metropolitan chief executive, you cannot contest in a parliamentary primary, in a constituency where the party has a sitting member of parliament. You can't. That's, that's what the rule says. If you want to contest, you must have resigned two years prior. So when, can, as we now learning, when Obiyamwa from all the reports that we've heard from the constituency, learned about the possibility that the MCE wanted to contest because he wanted his special aid to go in there. And knowing that the... MCE had not resigned two years prior, decided, well, I am going to pick nomination forms and contest. What that automatically does is disqualify the of chief executive from contesting. And so he picked up nomination forms, disqualifying the MCE from contesting. And then as it turns out, three days to the polls, he's resigned, not pulled out from the race, withdrawn from the race, leaving his, uh, his special aid to go uh in there and of course as we know this what it means is that he will obviously be very active helping this course campaigning and talking to delegates for him and he's very confident that he will win. That is politics for you. People are strategizing and, and thinking about all manner of ways to knock out their their biggest threat. Because in this case the MCE was the biggest threat. And he found a way to do so using and playing by the rules. And that, by the way, is a story of Ikuyapim South. Very fascinating indeed. What that means is that it raises the profile of this constituency immediately. So we're going to be focusing there. One of the battleground constituencies. will his protege win. Or others will attempt to make sure that in spite of all the maneuverings, he doesn't actually get to Parliament. That's an interesting story there in Ikuyapim South. That's why we focus on that first. But what are the numbers? We like numbers on... pmf's don't we a few of them to pay attention to total number of candidates in here we have 376 of them who will be uh, you know uh, attempting to get into parliament some of them incumbents who want to return on the on saturday you also have the uh, the the qualified aspirants there some of them were disqualified 17 of them uh, as you know three two one of them managed to to go through and some of the 17 some of them are aggrieved right and as we know we have a case in court right now that that meant that particular constituency uh, isn't going to be part of the contest come saturday and that is why you have a situation where you have 136 uh, uh contests happen on saturday because you know in parliament you have the mpp has 137 uh members of parliament there but because of that court case one of them won't go uh in on saturday these are my guests who will joining me tonight for a conversation you know him already charles bissu is the former presidential staffer uh he is going uh to run in the sicado uh, kitan constituency yesterday you watched joe Gatte, who is the outgoing member of parliament for sicado kitan uh, who obviously is not going anymore and that place now is open for everybody to contest and He's with the NAS and the Interministerial Committee Against Illegal Mining. But he's there. He wants to run. Claudia quatting Luma, CEO of the Glitz Africa of Uricrum. is also, of course, a contesting. And we, we, we wanted to have a woman in the conversation. She's done a lot in this particular area uh, in terms of the bringing women together to celebrate the achievements. Very famous in that particular field. He wants to bring that star quality to the contest. We'll see how he performs. Of course, Dr. Gideon Wapo you know him. He's been on this show many, many times. He's the economic advisor for the vice president there. He's coming up against a formidable opponent in the sanitation minister, uh, Frida Pempe. This is gonna be one of the interesting contests to watch. but from all sources there, we'll tell you what the polls have been saying in his constituency. You'll come to this gentleman here who has been on the show before, by the way. He's also the spokesperson for the education ministry in the Asante Achim North constituency. Another very interesting constituency. I'll tell you why pretty shortly. He also wants to run. The interesting thing about the education ministry and spokespersons is that the last spokesperson is in parliament. He also ran and won, right? And he also wants to follow suit there. They will join me for a conversation. I'm looking forward to this. Charles B.C., obviously, in this constituency, is also doing uh, a lot of, he put in a lot of work to try and see if he can uh, get into parliament. Okay. Now, let's isolate his constituency. I'm talking about the sikado Kitan constituency. You see, he's coming up against somebody else who is in a current uh, position appointed by a, the, the president, the deputy director general of the NLA. And this is a theme that you, will, you begin to see as we go along in the analysis. A lot of the areas that we are watching have contestants there who are holding on to government positions. And we've seen complaints already. That they come in with a lot of resources. And people say, of course. Having been in this position, it comes with the resources. And then they make sure that the contest has become even keener than it would have been. And that's the situation there with Ana uh, Homa Aquisi Miesa. But Charles Bissu is also in that fight. Uh, he is very, very uh, popular with the party there. Of course, I've said he has his own uh, controversies that he has to deal with Giovanni and yesterday when I spoke to Joe Gatti, he mentioned his name because he says a lot of the candidates here in that constituency have been using his name to campaign. People record secret meetings and send to him. He says, well, he's, he's, he doesn't even want to uh, hear them so that he becomes even uh, more apprehensive of what is happening. That's an interesting context because Joe is leaving Joe Gatti's own, uh, I, I put that question to him, his performance in the national elections has been dwindling consistently. The, his poorest performance yet was 2020. He had around 50%. In fact, the president was far more popular in the Chicago-Katan constituency, getting some 33,000 votes compared to Joe Gatte's uh, 26,000 votes. And some people say the time was just right. The writing was on the wall. He doesn't want to take the party into the opposition in that particular constituency, so time to step away. But any of these people capable? of improving the party's fortunes there we'll find out uh, and the delegates will also have to make a decision and then you go to a place like a chrome constituency where claudia obviously is it's an interesting place because you have some interesting party stalwarts there people who are holding positions like the deputy ceo of the national youth authority nelson one is there the pricing manager at boss is also in that race executive director of uh, senlos is also there i mean very interesting uh contesting is in this emerging and then joseph uh, Teyui is also there one woman against four gentlemen what is the outcome going to be on Saturday we'll watch this very closely oh this is the context that a lot of people are looking forward to and I am looking forward to this one because this one will be very very interesting Dr. of obviously is the economic advisor to the vice president as you know he is now the flag bearer of the party and he wants to the incumbent member of parliament who also doubles as a sanitation minister. A formidable candidate, of course, in that constituency, but Gideon is coming in with a bit of public face. He is the economic advisor to the chairman of the economic management team who happens to be the flag bearer of the New Patriotic Party. Look, take it or leave it. People in that constituency will associate the vice president with him. They will vote for him because of that there are many who will do so that possibly is his strength but he's coming up against an incumbent minister right coming up against an incumbent uh, member of parliament there and there was a polling that i've heard i've read about just before we came on uh, about the national security the nib doing a poll in his constituency uh, of course because you have a minister there uh, an incumbent member of parliament there and that poll from the reports put him ahead but the verdict, the final verdict, is in the hands of the delegates on Saturday. So that's an interesting one. And then you come to Asante Chim North, another very fascinating contest. Why? There are at least three individuals here who come to this particular table in this particular contest with a setting public profile, very high public profile. You know the incumbent member of parliament already, Andy Kubi. He became very, very famous last year when he together with a few members of parliament became the leaders of the rebel group in parliament that wanted to oust kano that's that's when his profile public profile will really shortened. but he's been in politics for quite a while and then guess who else is in the in the race kujobajiman kujobajiman is the former member of parliament for santuchim north he's coming back to contest him and then of course you have a Chrissy Quarting, who I talked to earlier, who is going to be on the show tonight for a conversation, who is a spokesperson for the education ministry, also in the sanchez North. You see why this area is going to be very interesting. And by the way, when he was there, it was a very, very interesting um, constituency because we used to talk to him a lot. He was very vocal. He's bringing all that power that he used to have back there. But this man has was on file. was talking about people who come in, haven't been appointed by the president to serve on boards and SOEs and they're coming with the resources to make their lives a bit difficult. I don't know. Was he talking about a technical advisor who is also in that particular race there? uh, Samo okojo But this definitely is one to watch. Will the former member of parliament manage to unseat the the man who succeeded him? And then will the former, will the current spokesperson for the education ministry do anything uh, that will make it interesting? By the way, I must pause here and tell you forget about everything i've said i believe the dom quabeno race is the most exciting race to look forward to on saturday let me tell you why because you have adria safo safo has become pretty controversial why because for the very first time in our history you have a sitting member of parliament on the ticket of the governor patriotic party Who was absent from Parliament for so long while he was a minister and then his own leaders in Parliament his own colleagues right her own colleagues in Parliament wanted her out they wanted her they wanted to remove her because he had breached a constitutional threshold of consistent absence without permission they wanted her out and that was a very fascinating period when the government needed her the most to assist in the process of approving some very important economic policies that should, would save this country. And she wasn't available. They chased her. We had to do an interview with her before the leaders in the House got to know uh, where she was because they were waiting for her. In fact, there's an astounding case in Parliament um, that should have decided her faith whether she lost that seat is declared vacant or not. That hasn't moved forward. But she is on the ballot on saturday she was not even disqualified and that for me is a very fascinating testimony the outcome will see a lot the constituents were upset that they couldn't connect with the IMP who had abandoned them right that story is very fresh in many people's minds and then you have the son of the former speaker of parliament michael quake jr also in the picture this by the way is his third time attempting to get that seat from Sarah Joseph and so this primary contest is going to be interesting another reason why it's interesting is because the last time they came face to face and they clashed in 2020 in the parliamentary primary the difference was eight votes Sarah Joseph won with eight votes and there were many people who looked at what happened post the 2020 elections and say the reasons why Sarah Rajasafo may have taken the position she took, left the party in the lurch when they needed her the most in Parliament to prostitute government agenda, was because he was very unhappy that Star Wars of the party backed Michael Craig Jr. against her, and she nearly lost that primary, and so there was back payback. People have speculated that that was the case, really. So this is going to be a very interesting, fascinating case. I think for me it's the most fascinating contest to look forward to on Saturday, Because if she wins, it will be possibly one of the biggest, I guess. Um, many people who wanted out in Parliament would have felt this is an opportunity to get the delegates to kick her out through a process that is less controversial because you're going to trigger the constitutional provisions to remove your own sitting member of Parliament and shoot yourself in the foot by having one less member there. It was the NDC that defended her. Right? So you can see all... With permutations and what may be happening between these two. It's going to be interesting, indeed, of course. Um, that's very related to say, considering what I've said about these two, about the third candidate there. But sometimes when two elephants fight, small little animal can take advantage of the fight. Can she? Can she ride on that? Can she step in between and take advantage of, of this giant clash? How yeah, very much... One of them, well, considering the tightness of the last race, it is everybody's game. But I'm looking forward to this one. And we are there for you. Remember, uh, I want to go back and say one quick word. Look forward to our special report on Dom Kwabena on Thursday. It's going to be fascinating. Watch it. We're spending some time in that conference to understand what's going to happen. Because this contest is going to be absolutely fascinating. And then, of course, this one is another one to watch. I mean, when you begin to look at all the juicy fascinating contest this Saturday. You can't wait to join us on, at 7 a.m. In, in, in the morning of Saturday. Because you go to the Ashanti region. Bantama is going to be one of the in key areas to watch. Why? Because you have this the brother of Kennedy Japon contesting. And Kennedy Jepon has been causing a lot of trouble in Ashanti region for Asenso uh, Boache because his brother is contesting. He had said, very famous, widely circulated audio, at one of the campaign events threatening that he was going to expose the, and by the way he is the incumbent member of parliament but also the minister of state works and housing minister for works and housing in in bantama and kennedy had said that he's going to expose him because when he was a deputy chief of staff he was engaged in alleged corrupt practice there's no evidence to support that particular claim but he made that claim and he denied it again accusations were made about government bungalows that had been sold to private uh, firms that was also denied. So this is going to be a very monumental clash in Bantama indeed. He has been riding on the back of his brother, throwing him into the campaign, and taking some of his of his uh, of of the votes and 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 the and the, and the you know the aura around in the when it comes to party delegates. Remember him in the primary, he was second when many people thought. Uh, Alan Chamanting, the super delegate, should be should be second, and and that and of course, if you come to the primary itself, Kennedy Pond, uh gave the uh, vice president good run for his money, and that is why many people think that Kennedy Pond is pulling those same delegates who voted for him then in Ashanti the reading for for his brother. But will that work, considering how controversial he sounds? Can he ride on the back of this? So we are watching this very, very uh, closely in that particular uh, constituency. Oh, goodness me. You have also another race there that, that is interesting in the Men's South constituency. Why is this interesting? He is the incumbent member of Parliament, but also the energy minister, who is widely tipped as one of the favourites to be the running mate to the vice-president. And as you've seen, there are a lot of reports today and, and the day before. Even Kenege Pong himself in a chance reading has said that he will not campaign for the party. If he doesn't become running mate so he is he's one of the widely tipped individuals to be but he has a contest somebody is coming up against him helena is coming up against him and helena is determined to cause the biggest upset in political history and that by the way is just a a just to state the point that is going to be one of the if indeed she manages to unseat macho poko pempe you have to put that in the context of one of the most um, jaw-dropping contest outcomes ever in parliamentary history, parliamentary primary history. But we'll see. And and the mere fact that he has a contest is one that many have looked at and say, but your other um, the other individuals who have been tipped don't have contests. Why right? you have either have decided not to go to parliament again? Joe Wise, Joe Sowes who is the first of this week of parliament. We have the uh, the 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 leader of government, uh, leader of government business in parliament, the minister of parliamentary affairs, the majority leader, also not going again. And then you also have uh, the education minister who doesn't have a contest. In fact, he is going on a post there. All of them tipped because the party has taken a decision that the running mate should come from the Shanti reading. How come a man who is widely tipped is getting a contest? And so we're going to watch this closely. He needs more than 90% of the votes there to leave absolutely no doubt that he, his base, his base, his core base in his constituency, among the delegates of the party, they are overwhelmingly behind him. And that if he gets to become the running mate, he can deliver that his popularity. Because you are nobody in politics without your base. And he needs to bring that base to the table on Saturday. He needs to get because, of course, many of you say this is a this is a, this is a David and Goliath fight. He needs to show. Goliath will not be um, killed with a sling, And to do that, he will possibly need to kill this fly with a sledgehammer. Can he deliver that sledgehammer effect on Saturday? Is a question that we need to answer. The delegates will help us do that on Saturday. And then, goodness me, as I go through this, you begin to see every slide is one that you cannot avoid. And then you have the case of a Santa Kim Central. where you have a new entry who is in of parliament who is a chair of the parliamentary uh, select committee on uh, or the the, Par- the parliamentary select committee on constitutional legal affairs he is coming up against the CEO of NEIP and this contest is interesting because he was arrested right by the special prosecutor allegations are that he was using his position abusing his incumbency using monies there to to, to finance delegates and party uh, officers in his constituency to aid his cause, right? And that has been reported to the special prosecutor. He has been arrested and bailed. That already throws up a very interesting contest. Mr. Nguyen has denied that he was behind that particular report because he wanted to take him out. And many speculated that he he was the one because remember, the last primary, the gap between these two, they, they came face to face, they clashed in 2020. The gap between these two was 41 votes. And that was very close. The man is coming back. Now he has more resources as N-E-I-P, boss. And that gap can close. And so we're watching this space very closely. And one of the things we're doing for you is watching constituencies where we have incumbents coming up against other aspirants who they've contested before. We're going to look at the margins in the last time and whether they can close it. So you can see the threat. This man gave him a good run for his money in 2020 reduces votes. Gab was 41 uh, votes. He's incumbent. Can he turn the 41 votes around in his favor now on Saturday? A key a key question that we need to answer indeed. Of course, you have Nana in there. This case we are we are watching very closely. And then you have Katie Hammond's case. I interviewed him, he's a minister, the trade minister. Um, very controversial, but he speaks his mind. He's in coming memo parliament for uh, for for the uh, Dancia Sokwa in the Shanti region. He's coming up against three other individuals. And the fascinating thing about this is he sent a petition to the party to disqualify what? the three on on various grounds. Look closely and you find a possible reason. Because Samuel Darkwa Benfo was his main contender in the twenty twenty primary. And he managed to close the gap, gave Katie Hammond a good, good run for his money with a difference of just uh, 58 votes in in that particular contest, right? And so that, that was close. He had 180 hundred and eighty of the votes and he secured uh, more than 200 of, of them, right? And, and that there tells you the story. Can he cause him an absent? And if you're incumbent, you're watching the man who nearly gave me uh, a, you know, one that would kick me out of parliament, w- would you stand to allow him to contest? If you can get the party to legitimately disqualify him, would you try? Well, he did. The party disagreed, and so he's on the ballot. If you put him on the ballot, it makes this particular constituency very, very interesting to watch, and we'll be watching that very, very closely. And then you have the information minister. In the first he's coming up against... Uh, to other people. And this really is a contest that we are watching very closely. He is the Information Minister. He's an in incumbent member of parliament for, for the area. But, two contests. And as we know already, it's keen, but we'll watch this very closely. We have correspondents on the ground who will bring us the very latest because he's coming up against the former national chairman of the GRA Workers' Union. If you know anything about workers' union leaders, they know their politics. And that Possibly is what he's going to bring to bear. But Kojo also knows his politics. Um, you don't get into parliament, become an information minister from a deputy position, and not know your staff when it comes to the ground game. He spends some time in a constituency trying to get delegates to vote for him. You can't take anything for granted. And this is a, a race that we are going to watch very closely because the intelligence there suggests it is one you cannot take your eye off. And Asin Central is there. Why Asin Central? This is a very simple reason why we are highlighting this one area is so what kennedy Factor. This is his constituency. He's decided not to run again. And so he's opened up the field for three individuals to contest. Uh, he, Joseph Ajay Benin, uh, Obed, Kumi, Uwa, and Gofferd, and they will, they will attempt to replace him. The thing is, we've been trying to find out which of these has the blessing of Kennedy-Jepon. kennedy is very busy in his brother's constituency in the Shantriji campaigning for him. So he hasn't spent too much time in his own constituency, but he will have influences there. Whoever gets that and the delegates know it may have an advantage. So we'll watch that very closely come uh, election day on Saturday. And then you have a situation where the the uh, Deputy Minister for Employment and Labour, uh, Bribe Rokubobe, who's in Kamehameha Parliament in the uh, Herman Lua Dentra constituency, is coming up against. A man who is, many say, has the resources because he is a CEO of the Ghana and Bag, So that, again, is going to be a very interesting contest. There will be giant killings on Saturday. And the question is, can he do so against the encampment now? The polls tell a very interesting story. Tell a very interesting story. And Global Info Analytics has been doing some uh, work in some of the constituencies. They'll go to Bantama, where the brother of Kennedy is. They say... Francis Nsibwache, who is the uh, Minister for Works and Housing, will win significantly with 94%. We will see. The delegates will have the final verdict. If you go to uh, Adelsea's constituency, they say Katie Hammond will win. But pay attention to undisclosed, undecided, far higher than those who have actually decided. And this is what is dangerous for Katie Hammond um, in this constituency. One of the very important things to watch. You come to the Dom Kwabinya constituency, Michael Quay Jr., according to the Global Info Analytics poll, should win this against Sarah Jasafo. But again, undisclosed, undecided, very important to what? They are the most dangerous uh, bunch of people when it comes to respondents in this. You have Frida Pempe and Gideon Baku also contesting. Their undisclosed is very, very important also uh, in that particular constituency. Now, this is why you stay with your election headquarters. My guests will join me. We have one-hour conversation, taking us to 10.30 tonight when we talk to the new faces here on PM Express. Stay with me. To by Syntex Tanks, it is strong, it is tough. A little bit has experienced greatness in every moment. Ghana AIDS Commission, Syntex Tanks uh, is uh, one and the only uh, tank you need to be uh, calling, in fact, if you want a tank for your home. Because they first introduced a double-layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tanks is first introduced the white inner layer tanks in Ghana. We now introduce you to the customer specs order. We let you order any color and size of preference. Syntex Tanks gives you the longest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. Call them now. Pick a phone. It is uh, 0244 because their agents are nationwide. 335 0244 335 168. Or shop online at syntexgh.com. A strong air tough. Dr. Gideon Baco is my guest, MPP parliamentary aspirant for Tanon North constituency. Uh, Claudia Kwarting Lumo is the MPP parliamentary aspirant for the Forukrom constituency. We also have Kwesi Kwarting uh, is the MPP parliamentary aspirant for Asantia Chim uh, constituency. And Charles Bissu is the MPP parliamentary aspirant for the Sikado Kitan constituency. Gentlemen, you wouldn't mind, let me start with the lady. Uh, Claudia, great to have you joining us. Now, tell me, how has it been? Uh, is that the first time you're trying your hands
3: at politics? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes yes it is the first time i'm trying um it was thank you so much um to yourself and to um your viewers um it is it has been tough it's been a tough three years working on this on the ground um with the party delegates um but yeah it's almost coming to an end it's almost coming to an end
2: yeah. Okay. So so far what has this big experience been? Has has things shocked you or you've managed to get it under control and turn it in your favor?
3: I think I've managed to turn things um under control because um coming in um to start this, mind you, you're dealing with people you're dealing with grassroots people of the party. So people um may have heard your name, but to be able to let people understand the essence of who you are, to be able to get into the heads of people to understand that, the type of service or the type of um, leader you are seeking to be for the constituency, it takes it takes, it takes takes a lot. It takes a lot, and my constituency is really big. We have over 1,000 delegates and 22 electoral areas. So to work in a, a huge MPP stronghold cons- uh, constituency that people are so passionate about the party, people are so passionate about the region, um, it's not easy. But I, I came in, I came in so people can see that I have a heart to serve. Um, and that's all I, I was doing. And I believe that the delegates have seen the work that I'm doing. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, Saturday, um, I will hear good news.
2: Let me bring in Dr. Gideon Bwako, who joins us. Gideon, uh, your, your contest, as I said, is one of the most uh, keenly anticipated ones. It is an area to watch. It's going to be fascinating because you're coming up against an incumbent minister in Frida Pempe, but also yourself. You you are an economic advisor to the vice president. You speak uh, for his office. Uh, has that become an advantage at all for you in, on the ground? That background that I just mentioned.
0: Well, happy new year, um, Evans. I think the the greatest advantage I have is my personality and who I am. And all other things are coming in as additions. And um, it's a political contest, so I understand. And so I know um, every force and um, every asthma that I have to deploy to my advantage. I'm taking advantage of that, but I wouldn't say my office is an advantage or disadvantage. I mean, it's... uh, I'm contesting against our incumbent and resources and has been there several times so if there's any advantage that she's the one who has incumbency advantage and not me but I believe that um, um, seeking such an office you must understand that you're going to deal with people and so sometimes and most cases uh, beyond your vision beyond um, what you seek to do uh, for the betterment of life of the people, your personality and your relationship with the people also matters a lot. And don't forget, um, I might be new in the game uh, as far as this parliamentary election is concerned, but when it comes to politics, I've been in politics for quite some time. A lot of people don't know. I've been the Ashanti Regional Youth Organizer before. I've served this party as a polling station executive. i served this party. At a constituency level, and I became the Ashanti Regional organizer as a leader, a communicator for the party way back since 2002. So, I've been in politics for quite uh, some time. It's just that people think uh, because of academics and PhD and economic advisor, uh, uh, people think I'm just only a technocrat. Like but um, so that's that's the strength that I draw getting into this contest. I, I'm a grassroots person and. That is what I'm using to my advantage.
2: Okay, and and we'll we'll come to talk about coming up against an incumbent and and what Mm -hmm. difference does it make. Does that change your strategy at all? But also, um, I've seen this uh, NIB uh, conversations about the the polling they've done there, and I'm curious to know, uh, yes, it says you're in the lead, but how much value are you placing on that? I want to bring in uh, Kwesi Kwating. Mr. Kwating, you would have been sitting beside me right now if we're talking about education. And uh, I've had many encounters with you talking about that sector. And then I hear you're picking up forms to contest. I said, no way, because, I mean, the lightning can strike twice. The last guy who was there speaking for the education ministry became a member of parliament uh, in the Ashanti region. You decided to contest. I'm very curious. Why, though?
1: Uh, Evans, thank you very much. And Happy New Year to you. Uh, of course, I think the bottom line is that you are raising a question of uh, what motivated Quesi Party to even go into the contest in the first place. I mean, clearly, first of all, if you ask, me, I am into this contest, first of all, to save the seat. Uh, if you look at the voting parties, particularly uh, taking them from the 2020 voter parties, you realize that uh, the performance of the MPP within the Santiago North constituency continues to uh, go down. I mean, if you want to just suppose that with that of the NDC. If we look at the voter trend, for instance, you had uh, NDC's votes appreciating almost 4,000 uh, differences. I mean, if you want to compare that to that of MPP, you could see that there was a very marginal increase in in, in our votes. So, based on that, and I mean, based on the explanation that I've given uh, this time around, you are having. Even independent candidates who feels motivated that if they come, they are going to get a seat so i am coming in as a new face i'm coming in as a fresh face i mean the young guy with the energy uh, the young guy with a vision to use education as a trump card to develop uh, the constituency education as a basis to uh, transform the uh, constituency of course getting everybody on board uh, making sure that uh, there is unity and of course unity anchored on sanity uh, particularly at the leadership level, so that we are able to bring every uh, facet, every person within the constituency together and make sure that we win the seat. So, the question is coming uh, uh, so that uh, we won't lose the seat to our opponents or any independent candidate. But of course, uh, beyond that, we are also looking at uh, uh, indeed bringing development to the constituency through education. Of course, I have had the opportunity to uh, be mentored by Dr. Yoseb, who has used education as a as an anchor or as a bid to transform his constituency, he talks about producing thousand engineers, uh, producing wow. thousands, producing thousand uh, doctors. I believe that as Antiachem to, we can do the same. Mm. Uh, <coughs> if you recall, this was the constituency of the Honorable uh, Late Koduban Redu. Yeah. The constituency of, of Hana, uh, a constituency where we had a ministerial appointment where you had the Late Ban Redu rose to the high office as even a finance minister. Uh, but this time around, what just happened in even uh, uh, 2020. In 2020, the ministerial seat that we had in Asantiachem North was taken from Asantiachem North and was not taken to the Volta region, not any of the five modern regions, but was taken from Asantia North to Asantiachem South. So it means that even the president himself uh, lacked confidence in the leadership that we had. And so we are coming into a savage situation and restore the hope that. Okay, uh, sometimes. so,
2: sometimes. so, so that, that, in essence, is your reasoning. We'll come to the messaging pretty shortly. Let me bring in Charles Bissou. Charles, you have a peculiar case. You, you have a stall in that constituency in yes. Joe Gatti, who I sat with just on Monday, who has decided after five terms, 20 years, says, I'm not going to go again. And so he's out of the way. Does that make your job easy?
4: Uh, thank you, Ivan, um, and good evening to your listeners. Um, I don't think it makes my job easy. Um, it's a case of filling the boots of, um, say, Alex Ferguson, who did so much for Manchester United, and then we brought in other managers who couldn't actually uh, live up to expectations. So, what Joe Gatti has done, normally I say that, and um, if you, you're looking at the 10 top constituencies in Parliament, then um, it's a Kadokaten is one of them. So me going there um, means that it's going to be a Herculean task. But then I believe that the experience I've had as a um, former regional secretary for eight years with results, and then also a um, national council member, I mean, within the government and all that, and the personality that I have, I think that I can actually do um, some... I mean, I'm not actually there to... I overtake what he's done or do more than what he has done, but rather to expand it. So I believe that the foundation that we have there, uh, I can do more.
2: Elephant in the room. It it was, uh, and we now come to uh, Mr. Quartin because he he makes the point uh, um, on this particular subject of, you have in that constituency, the Deputy Director General of the NLA, who's also contesting, resources, mean a lot in campaigning. Yes. They mean they mean a lot. And mm-hmm. you you have a situation where us has been complained about the individuals who are holding on to government appoint appointments. You you've been a government appointee before so you know this. They get resources and bring into a constituency and and of course they want to they want to run. And they make life a bit more difficult for you. Is that a concern for you? Does that does that um, for me like, I mean the
4: resources? Study. Yeah, personally, um, it's not a concern for me, but for the party and government, I think so. You see, um, we have a situation where people uh, go in for appointments and then garner resources, come in and then take seats, and then they get to parliament and are not able to perform. What I'm saying is not a generic thing, specific cases. So, I mean, if somebody's coming in resources um, with a lot of resources, I don't think that would actually what, um would actually affect what I am doing. Because I remember I've been in the region for quite some time and I do know most of the delegates and I go in not looking at what somebody's doing. I go in telling them my story, being consistent with them and the things that I can do. So, yes, resources, some people use them to actually um, take seats from people who uh, would have been... I mean competent in parliament Mm. and then going and i I have a case here in the region where i remember under ndc there was somebody who was a chief executive um went to parliament and the first time he saw his bracelet he was so so disappointed and he lost the seat the next time to um i mean mpp got the seat back from them because he couldn't actually what sustain what he was doing during uh, the campaign then so for me, my message to the delegates is that we need somebody who has that um, substance. If, it, um, if I talk about substance, not form. Form is where you actually gather the resources, come in, and then take the seat, and then you are not able to perform. And that's the message, and I believe that they are discerning. And for my uh, my experience in the region, um, let's put it this way: Evans, um, I know the region, and I know the constituency, and. I have worked with most of these delegates to actually win, um, get results for the party. So, yes, um, having a lot of But by, by, by yourself,
2: you're, you're well endowed. I mean, you were uh, presidential staffer, appointed mm-hmm. to the Interministerial Committee, you said the National mm-hmm. Council. And, and, and so, you're also very well endowed coming into this. Although you don't hold Yeah, Evans
4: I served the party for eight years without being paid, and I was okay. Uh, it got to a point that I used to pay my secretaries from my own pocket. There are things that I did in 2015, I um, got passports for all party executives and their family for my own resources. So I've done my own business on the side uh, to, to sustain what I'm doing. So I do not have to depend on uh, getting an appointment before going for parliamentary seat. That's what I'm saying that you go in there, you get a seat and then you get to parliament and you're not able to perform or sustain the resources and that affects quality in parliament mm. so this is, these are things that i well, as i'm going around i'm actually educating the delegates as well because yeah. you see they, their psychology is that they're delegates but my orientation and then what i've been telling them is that they're party officers so after this exercise you'll be going out there to what work, work for the party so that sense of belongingness the sense of duty and all that needs to be installed in them that you are only a delegate every four
2: years. Mm. Mm. In, so, in, 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 interesting point. In that, now you talk about messaging. I mean, Doctor Kidiabwako, mm-hmm. what is your message in your constituency in the town of What, what is the message that you're telling your your, your delegates? Uh, well, I the
0: the message in town of um, may not be substantially different from what is in other constituencies i think first of all i'm a party person and just like any other party person we want to make sure that this turn on of seat does not flip to the ndc the turn on of mpp seat has been a traditional seat for the party since 1996 there has been a downward trend as far as our parliamentary votes is concerned and i know anyone who is seeking for such an office who want to help on such situation but ours is quite alarming and so everybody in the constituency has a feeling that we need to change hands to bring in some new energy new vibes just to rekindle the spirit at the base and then get a lot of people to vote for whichever parliamentary candidate that we present the incumbent mp has run three times that 12 years if you look at the the performance over time, we are recording the lowest performance the constituency has ever seen since 1996. You're talking about a constituency that goes into parliamentary elections and the presidential candidate wins with over 63%. 63. And the parliamentary candidate wins with 53%. The gap of 10% is quite huge. It doesn't make sense that President beats John Mahama, with over 10,000 votes, and our parliamentary candidate, who is the incumbent, beats the NDC candidate, with just 3,000 votes, a difference, a variance of about 7,000. So my message is that we need a hand, a personality to salvage the situation, because if from 2016 to 2020, the incumbent MP loses 8,000 votes in one election, election cycle, That it means that if the same trend continues and we even lose 3,100 votes in 2024, we've lost the seat and so I've been giving the delegates hope and they just see the hope in me they know that with me as a grassroots person the way I connect with the youth and the young people in this constituency and everybody will be able to bring back the spirit of NPP and increase our votes to the levels that we had because the parliamentary difference has always been around 10,000 11,000 but today we have 3,000 citizens beyond that there's so much at stake in this constituency there are a lot of young people, just as there are young people everywhere, and people want to see leadership that will be in tune with the needs and aspirations of the young people. I'm not saying this because I want to contest the position, but everybody in the constituency feels that, and that's the feeling and what we see. The incumbent MP is some way, somehow, disconnected from the realities on the grounds. So the area where... Uh, being a member of parliament uh, is only limited to service to the people. Where at the end of the year, MP comes and say, "Oh, widows come for clothes, uh, you know, CSP is half piece, and um, I've given you rice and sugar. That's that's gone. People want to see that they have a leader who will be there to represent them." when people need, you know, opportunities to go and study, they get opportunities. When people need to be connected to jobs, they get connected yeah, to but, the but, jobs. But your
2: point is just made about if people it. want to get jobs, want to travel, they, they get it. Frida Premper is in a far better position to do that than you are. I mean, and that's the, the challenge of coming up against an incumbent who is a serving minister of state. And so if if that is what the delegates are looking at, isn't she more a uh, better position to deliver those than you
0: are? Yeah, that's one thing, having the position to do, and there's another thing, making sure that you really do what the people want. Others have the position, they are unable to actualize it to the benefit of the people, and that's what we see on the grounds. Uh, I don't intend to talk so much about the ills the, uh, of somebody, but the feeling on the ground, the reality is that yes, the MP is in you know, a better position to have helped people realize their dreams. It's not everybody that you can reach out to, but people want to see that that sense of hope and that sense of of a future, because what I see on the grounds here is that people are not so much interested in the larges that politicians enjoy all the time, but the opportunities that they can also have to, you know, better their lives. The the kind of doors and openings that they need to be exposed to, we are somehow, some way, disconnected from that, and so they need a certain dynamism in the leadership of 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 well. Of, uh, of the party in the constituency where we, they have an mp who will be there for them they have an mp who will listen to them they have an mp who respects them and talks to them in a manner that consoles them even if their needs are not addressed so we are lacking that we have seen uh over the years 12 years uh, leadership and people relationship where the mp feels that she's on top all other persons do not matter and what she says is final and you're unable to, you know, kind of approach her and talk to her the way that you feel you want to talk to your mother, or you feel you want to talk to your leader, and that kind of "quote unquote" disrespect to the people, and that kind of treatment that makes them feel that they are not worth what mm-hmm. they are looking for, it is problematic, and yeah. that's why I say that. Qualities. Well, if it grows over the aspect of human relations, then you you are losing sight of a big thing. Uh, so that's uh, a huge problem. Yeah, and uh, uh, so, so that, that is it.
2: that that is for you a problem that you've identified. And you're couching the messaging to address that. But your story about coming up against an incumbent is very similar to Kwesi Quatting And let me come to him, Kwesi. You have a far more complex context there because you're not only coming up against an incumbent who is also very strong, who has a very strong public profile. You're coming up against the former of Parliament, too, who is also in the race. You are a massive underdog there. You accept that? Uh,
1: well, I think Asante Chemnov needs a leader, uh, not, uh, for instance, uh, in terms of the weight of that leader. Uh, bottom line is that we need somebody to lead. Uh, I don't think they are much concerned of where the person is coming from. Uh, Whether or not, I mean, a person in terms of has money, has a very big political capital, has a big social capital, no. That is really not the case here. What the grassroots and the people of Asantia wants to see is leadership. A leadership that will focus on the the most important issues and is able to drive development into the constituency. And not necessarily a leader that will focus on... uh, Dividing the constituency further, if you recall, I just had a few days to uh, how do you call it uh, the the release of uh, the, the the nomination by the various candidates, you had fourteen of the constituency executives petition the highest decision making body of the party to sanction the incumbent member of parliament. If you look at accusations that were levelled against him. It all pivoted on the fact that he was, I mean, uh, dividing the constituency further and making sure that there is unity. Those are the critical issues that the people of Asante team were Are you exploiting that? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure it's a case of exploiting. It has more to do with the fact that uh, we have to bring somebody a new face who will unite the party. Because clearly, if you look at the voter threat, it was the same police station executives, the same delegates that rejected the former uh, member of parliament on the clear case of non-performance. So I do not see, I mean, it's just like the case of Domahama, where he came in and the people rejected him and he said he's going to learn, learn his lessons and he's coming back. I, I don't see that working because you had your chance, you had opportunity to, to, to work, you could not work to satisfaction. And so I don't see uh, the delegates uh, uh, bringing Koyoba back. In the case of the current MP, clearly, I mean all the polls that has been conducted uh, depicts that he's highly unpopular, not even at the constituency, not only at the constituency level, but even also at the national level. I mean, you have an MP beyond the the fact that he is divisive tactics,
0: focuses on the minors.